Hello and welcome to the Inner Guru School podcast. My name is Arya and I'm so happy to be here with Dr. Jonathan Lenahan today. Before we dive into this conversation, I'd like to invite us to connect with our breath for a moment together. And so if you are able to let your eyes rest, go ahead and let them lower. Now, if you need to have your eyes open because you're driving or something else, just let them rest open. And just beginning to notice the flow of your breath, the natural rhythm of your breath in this moment. And as you're connecting and noticing what your breath is like, see what it would be like to breathe a little bit deeper and a little bit slower. And perhaps even bringing your awareness as you breathe toward your heart. Letting your awareness hang out at your heart for a couple of breaths here. Just coming into this space together. Mm, thank you. Breath, thank you, heart, thank you, whole body. And today we are really going to explore what can create wellness in our bodies. What does it mean to be healthy, to feel healed and whole in our holy, precious bodies? So I'd like to introduce my special guest here today, Dr. Jonathan Lenahan. He's a second-generation acupuncturist and practitioner of Chinese medicine. Dr. Lenahan worked as an Ayurvedic healing arts practitioner at the Chopra Center, where he refined his skills as a master body worker and energy practitioner. And now he has his own practice. Underlying his practice of healing arts is the wisdom that self-knowledge, health, and well-being are intimately connected with the human heart, earth, and spirit. So first question as we are here together and we are exploring this theme right now of conscious leadership. So I would love to hear from you, what does conscious leadership mean to you? Thank you, Arya, for that beautiful introduction. The first thing that comes to my mind with the idea of conscious leadership is what does it mean to be? conscious in the first place. And when I think of becoming conscious, I think of that innate ability within us to become more highly aware, um, whether that awareness is internal within our bodies or the awareness is external based upon 
our environment and our surroundings. And I like that exercise uh, Deepak Chopra would do in a lot of the beginning of his talks, where he would ask the crowd, are you conscious? And a lot of times the crowd would answer, yes, <laughs> which is all well and good. But the point of the question was not to respond to, to it, but to take that moment to actually drop into conscious awareness of oneself. And so we'd ask the question again, are you aware? Are you conscious? And instead of answering, let's just drop into that silence and that awareness itself. We could do that right now. Ultimately, I feel to be a conscious leader is to have such a practice in your life where you begin to lead from that space of awareness uh, within you. And when I think upon great leaders in history and leaders who I see and the friends around me and the teachers and the elders around me, I see this natural ability to be able to focalize in a way, to zoom in or to zoom out on any particular issue or topic and to really shine light upon that, that idea, that concept. A lot of times it feels like the great leaders in the world are able to express these inner truths that we already know deep within us, but aren't quite fully aware of yet ourselves. And it's like this glimmer of intuition. We, we, we know it's there, but we haven't quite grasped it yet completely with our minds. And I think the beauty within a great conscious leader is they're able to eloquently express these inner truths um, and be able to grab people's attention to also see it and say, hey, there's something really important here. And, oh, like that really, what he said really resonates deep within me. And um, yeah, in a nutshell, I believe that's the basis, that's the foundation of a conscious leader. There might be more to elaborate on about that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing those thoughts about conscious leadership that you know, rings so true and hearing you speak about it in that way. Um, what I've come to around this idea and really being able to, um, we talk a lot about, you know, being in the present moment and the idea of the inner guru and this, you know, truth within ourselves that we have the courage to speak and that this awareness of 
the rest of the world is also really important. And one of one of the little themes that came up, I feel called to share, was just how different um, practices or even healing modalities sometimes set the field in different ways. And looking at how different traditions may orient to the idea of a higher power, uh, seed of consciousness, uh, inner inner guru, whatever you want to call it, being kind of more within our bodies. And then some orientations looking out at the rest of nature and thinking about it being, you know, kind of that connection with all that is and how there's a wisdom and a truth in all all of it. And uh, yeah, I really um, uh, appreciate and I'm excited to be exploring this. What I really see in my mind's eye is the edge of consciousness where the evolution of consciousness may be uh, able to go if we sort of show up to the moment. And I, I see it almost as this, um, like a edge of a bubble, like, um, bubbles that little kids blow, or sometimes me when I'm playing, uh, with my inner child, um, you can, you know, there's like, it's like this thin kind of membrane that I see. And it's just this sort of gentle, like showing up next to that as a conscious leader that allows it to expand what's possible. And it's so different from what we may think of as leadership in the world with this very, um, you know, kind of uh, driven, left brain, uh, burnout-centric approach that creates so many toxic um, work environments that like what you just spoke to, what I'm feeling into in this moment is really, really quite different from that. Um, But it's here. It's actually here. Like you're showing up as a conscious leader in your work with your practice. I'm doing it in my way. Other folks we know, people here are all finding their way, even though it's, um, you know, maybe at times it feels like the path hasn't been uh, traveled uh, a lot in maybe our generation or the last couple generations even, um, especially in professional settings. And so um, there's a lot of folks that are that are that are here now in this way, wanting to come into this part of themselves. It's really exciting. I love that uh, metaphor of the bubble, you know, and just supporting uh, the expansion of that bubble to what is possible, you know, and what type of realities we can consciously create together through collaboration instead of competition, Um, which is in stark contrast to a lot of the ways in which the structures within or the institutions that we grew up in are running. Um, Yeah. And so there are many different types of leaders, right? There's um, 
like a skilled leader who has a mastery over a skill and a craft. And they are able to teach and lead others in developing their own mastery of a skill or craft. And there's the type of leadership that we might have been exposed to within our school systems, uh, within the teachers or our parents that we looked up to for guidance as young, innocent children <laughs> making sense of this world. And we might not have always been... Um, happy with that type of leadership or felt let down in in some ways and in, in those ways because what we found is less of a a mentor a guide um, and more of a disciplinarian and controller um, and so it's interesting in actually dissecting the different ways in which we go about leading. And I'm sure each energy has its place within the proper context. We were even going over dog training a little bit earlier today. And um, there are times where there is this strictness, this discipline that needs to be invoked in order to educate the dog in a proper way. Um, and then there's that balance between guiding and teaching the dog through love and care and compassion. Um, so coming back to us as a human, as humanity, wanting to step deeper into this role as a conscious leader, both within our own lives and wanting to facilitate that in each other and the world at large, it brings to mind the tendency for us to forget why we are doing what we're doing. And we all can confess, I can confess, that there are some days where I seem to forget like why it is I'm actually doing what I'm doing, why am I treating people in the way I'm treating them, um, why am I running my business in the way that I'm running it. And it's the consciousness of leadership beckons us to become ultra aware of the decisions that we're making on a day-to-day -day basis and to bring it back to our, our purpose and our why. Um, and that is very important because we see it at the world at large, but we can also reflect and see it within our own daily actions of times where we forget and we do things in an unconscious way. And we see people maybe as an object instead of as a amazing being of 
light in front of us, of awareness, of sentience in front of us. Um, and so coming back to, again, that practice of having some type of ritual where we can wake up and we can continue to wake up and wake up and wake up and see how our our decisions are impacting not only our own lives, but um, the people around us, whether it's our coworkers or our family, and ultimately wanting to make a decision that's going to benefit not just me, but everyone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes, may it be so. <laughs> and that inner inner leadership in a conscious way really being the core of what I see makes that possible. It's like when we can show up to ourselves, the parts of ourselves that maybe are annoying to us or others or um, you know get triggered or uh, have like confusion you know all of those th- parts of us deserve the same conscious leadership that we may be um, you know wanting to give to others and I really uh, w- what I see in my own experience of this process has been that the more I can show up for, those parts of me, then it opens doorways for um, that coming through with with others. And so, yeah, thank you so much for speaking to that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to shift gears a little bit here and share a bit about my experience of actually receiving treatments with you, because. While I think it's amazing for leaders to have great, uh, you know, coaches, therapists, um, you know, ways of working with uh, the mind shifting beliefs and patterns and all of that juicy, yummy stuff, which is really my field of work, um, what you offer with the body has been so cool for me to witness how you work. And I very often recommend to my clients to work with some type of body practitioner on their journey with me alongside to complement the work that we're doing that might be a little bit more energetic or spiritual or, you know, based around the mind, the emotions. And so, at which you also <laughs> do a lot in those realms. Um, but when I first met you, I had been sort of holding this prayer for like wishing that I could just go to a, a doctor or some type of healthcare practitioner who could just like check in with my entire body. And just let me know if I needed to make any adjustments. And I have a very healthy lifestyle. I've had that lifestyle for a long time. So I feel really good, um, you know, most all of the time, unless I miss a little sleep for some reason, like I did last night staying up a little late. But I was just thrilled when you started sharing with me about 
one of your services that I was able to experience of nutritional response testing, which I'll let you share more about, but essentially in my experience, it's letting my body's wisdom be heard by someone who knows how to deeply listen and then literally listening to my body about what supplements to bring in to um, uh, my life for a period of time to help rebalance, correct anything that's a little bit misaligned. And it's really powerful to just see how through uh, muscle testing, my body knows (laughs) what it needs. And to provide that space for people, it's so different from most clinical experiences, you know, going to a doctor's office, you know, sharing your symptoms and then kind of this guesswork to find like a medication that's probably going to have side effects. And instead there's just this simple, beautiful way to hear what we need for optimum health. And I mean, it seems so obvious. It was clearly something that I felt should be possible. And then when I learned it was possible, it was so cool. So I'd love for you to just share a bit more if you want about that modality and the other ways that you work with clients. I mean, your acupuncture sessions are out of this world. Unlike any I've experienced before, you really have a unique style. And so, um, how do you, you know, how do you bring that leadership, that trust in yourself with the way that you show up with those that you are helping create wellness in their body? Um, to the to the table, you've got a cool thing going on. So share share more about your game, Dr. Lenahan. Yeah, the body is really cool, isn't it? <laughs> and when we're able to develop a modality that is able to listen to the innate intelligence and life force within the body. Um, we have a way of now treating the body and working with it that um, is unprecedented in in our Western culture, for that matter. Um, and there's no advanced, complicated technological machinery that's needed. Mm-hmm. We're just relying on the most advanced biological machinery that's been created from the beginning of time and uh, the beginning of life on this planet and learning how to tap into that life force energy and to be able to consciously communicate with it in a way that the body can tell us yes and the body can tell us no. And that is how our subconscious communicates. It, It communicates in yeses and in nos and Anything that we put on the body has a energy signature to it that our unconscious picks up automatically. It's like putting a beautiful crystal on your body or smelling beautiful aromatherapy. There's an instantaneous shift in energy that occurs. And that is true for anything. Um, And so... Nutritional response testing is 
exactly that in a way. So we put different whole food nutrients and supplements on the body. And we listen to the body's response. And the way in which we can treat symptoms in the body is we can scan the body and the body will tell us whether a certain organ or gland like the thyroid or maybe the hypothalamus in the brain is um, not functioning optimally. And we can find out why that's the case. And so according to the NRT modality that I do, there are four main challenges uh, to the body's natural ability to heal itself. Because if the body didn't have any blocks, roadblocks in the way, it's a really powerful force and it wants to heal itself. It wants to repair itself when we damage it or when something happens to it. But sometimes it's stopped. It's not able to do that. And so uh, we've identified these four main stressors in the body that stop the body from being able to fully recover. And the first one is foods. So yeah, simply food, nutrition, like what are you taking in from your outside environment and putting it into your internal environment, into your microbiome? into the gut-brain axis, what are the nutrients that are you feeding your body with? And are, is your body running on, you know, um, not so good fuel, you know? Or is it running on clean burning fuel, you know? Um, so that is the first challenge, is identifying any type of food sensitivities in the body that's causing chronic or acute inflammation and bringing the organ systems or any of the biological systems out of balance. Uh, the second one would be any immune challenges. So immune challenges are bacterias, viruses, fungals, molds, yeasts, and parasites. So we can also identify if there's a certain part of the body that contains those stressors um, and then know how to prescribe the correct nutritional or herbal formulas to get rid of the bacteria, to get rid of the virus, um, which is, you know, a very important thing uh, in context of everything that's going on in our world today. Uh, also for any parasites or funguses or molds or yeast in the body. Uh, the third and fourth ones are heavy metal or chemical toxicity in the body. So unfortunately in our modern world, we are producing lots of pollution and that pollution is getting into our foods and getting into our air and getting into our water. And so over, you know, accumulation of 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, 60, 80 years on this planet, um, the body is really good at, you know, getting rid of these things, but, you know, we're really, we're really pushing our limits. And so unfortunately it can't by itself metabolize, these, metabolize all these toxins by itself. And, uh, we need some nutrients, some plant medicine allies to help us to detoxify our body from these metals, from these chemicals. So that's kind of like a cool little overarching 
background into the modality of nutritional response testing, this form of energy testing within the body and really communicating with the autonomic nervous system within the body. Um, and just kind of swinging a little, making a little pivot here um, and talking about how I approach the human body in terms of my evolution um, in healership is the understanding of the Vedic koshas. So the koshas are the like an onion peeling or a Russian doll, you know, doll within a doll. The way to look at the human body in terms of the koshas or the different dimensions or layers. And I realized that if I could create a experience, a healing experience that could address each one of those layers and dimensions of the human body, then there would be this complete holistic uh, healing experience that could happen, you know, and a deep uh, transformative experience that could happen. And so in the koshas, you have the physical layer of the body which comprises of our senses um, and the physical world in which we live in. And then you have the energetic body. And the energetic body, um, you know, most closely relates to our breath as well as the electromagnetic fields that surround every living creature, organism, our planet, the universe. Um, You have the mental emotional body, uh, which a lot of great healing can occur in, as we know with therapists, talk therapists, psychologists, coaches, um, people are in the field of mental health. Um, And then we have the witnessing body. So this is our consciousness. This is our awareness body, the observer, the witness. And then finally, you have the fifth dimension of the human being called the Ananda Maya Kosha. The Ananda is bliss, joy, unconditional love. And similar to the Atman, which is the one um, oneness of divinity, that spark of light within us that is one and the same with um, Brahman, with the ground of all of existence. Uh, you have the the bliss body um, of, of pure joy that that comes through, and ultimately we can all work on. We're all working on every single level, no matter if we want to or not. It's just to the degree of emphasis that we are working on those levels. Ultimately, matter and spirit is just a. Um, like false kind of um, division of the mind and so that we can talk about it in two distinct ways. But ultimately there is this um, unified, you know, field in which all those layers are happening simultaneously and bleeding into one another. And so ultimately I believe that one of the most profound healing experiences can occur when you tap into all those layers and address each of those layers in a way that may be 
um, part of a symptom or disease process um, for a person. And by addressing both the physical, energetic, mental, emotional, the spirit, and then allowing for that remembrance or that awakening of the joy of the unconditional love of the bliss that comes through understanding who you truly are. Um, I believe that miracles can happen and transformative healing can happen in the body, in the mind, um, and deep, deep connection with our, um, with our, our self, uh, with a capital S. Dr. Lenihan, this is such a different approach from Western medicine. <laughs> and it's really striking me what a fundamentally different approach this is to our bodies. You know, really integrating these different ancient wisdom systems that you are so blessed to be blessing us all to have learned about in the way that you can, you know, tap in and connect with these different levels of the being, which is really different from, say, if I had you know, something, you know, discomfort in my body. I went to the doctor and um, was prescribed something. And so these, like, how do we, you know, kind of reconcile, like, where this moment is when we're looking at, like, what creates health? You talked about the breath. You talked about the electromagnetics um, the different energy fields in the environment and, uh, you know, looking at the toxins in our environment. It's, it's not like this random thing that our food has poison on it, right? We're literally <laughs> like spraying poison on the food. It's not like it's happening to us. Like we're these like victims to the thing. Like we are, we're actually creating it. And so, you know, I've, I've gotten tripped up along the way a little bit with this part of myself that's, you know, maybe a little, little uh, righteous or um, judgmental about like how I want to care for my body. And then being in this world where there's so many things happening that I can't like avoid, you know, um, the 5G satellites that are going up. And knowing that that is an impact electromagnetically to my body and, the, and the, this sort of feeling like, well, what can I do? <laughs> like, and so when I'm in a moment like that of, you know, kind of forgetting my light or my own center, and then one of the things that I so value about you and your connection is this remembering of unconditional love in the field. So maybe I just sort of answered the question that I was going to pose to you, but feel free to elaborate on it a bit because it's like that has been the thing I've returned to again and again is, okay, 
all this stuff is happening around me, right? That I might not be able to control, but what is my inner state? And am I holding joy? Am I holding a sense of peace? Am I holding compassion for, you know, the people making the choice to spray Roundup on their dandelions, you know, <laughs> like in my vicinity? <laughs> and so um, that like really holding a spaciousness there, which in many ways I would describe in my own spiritual practice as Christ consciousness or simply the feeling that I get when I tune into my animal guide of lion and there is a spaciousness there and acceptance while also like holding boundaries in a loving way. And I think certainly lions and Jesus modeled that for us. Um, if we were to look for archetypes of what I'm, you know, the essence of what I'm trying to describe here in words. So that's what comes up for me <laughs> as I hear you share. And I'm curious, you know, what, what you recommend for folks in this regard. I heard three um, points that would be worthy of discussion. And the first one being, um, having a nice concrete example that we could play with about the difference of going to say a Western medicine doctor and you might have high blood sugar or you might have a headache or, um, there might just be some type of health issue that you're working with and experience that you could have in that setting versus um, a holistic setting, a holistic medicine setting in context. Um, and then you mentioned that, you know, uh, Billy Joe spraying some Roundup on his dandelions. <laughs> and I feel that could be a really interesting conversation about conscious leadership, you know, and and extending that into holistic medicine and understanding that say I saw that happening and um, instead of getting angry at Billy Joe and being like, how could you spray chemicals on, you know, this natural living plant here just because it doesn't fit your ideal green lawn concept. Um, you know, I could come maybe with some compassion as like that answer and that sense of not giving away my power um, and not just reacting to any situation, but responding to it consciously with leadership and educating a little bit and with curiosity and um, maybe saying, hey, do you know that there are certain chemicals in that and it gets into our waterways and eventually it goes out into the ocean and eventually it might create like algae blooms and other things that are natural to the ecosystem within our water and it might get into the fish and into other life forms that rely upon you know the streams in that area and maybe just build a conversation around 
that awareness. And I find that really, really, really cool, actually, because you could apply that to any part of your life. Um, and it can, you know, it can get hard. It can get challenging because, you know, I look at this modern life that we're living in and ideally I would love to live a lifestyle of zero waste. Um, and to be conscious of every little thing that is happening, you know, and the amount of energy and, you know, like, uh, resources that it took to say, make that iPad or to can that tomato soup or to give me the fish on the plate at dinner, you know, tonight, um, and trace the awareness of all the people that have, you know, spent their energy upon those things and whether or not it's in the highest and the best way in which that, that product has gotten to me, you know, or not. And if I want to support it or not, or if I want to change my lifestyle in a way, um, where I'm not supporting those things. Um, so I feel like the rabbit hole can go pretty, pretty deep in that area, but it does bring an important concept to conscious leadership, which is allowing your awareness to truly trace the constellations and truly trace like where everything is coming from and the manner in which they're coming to you and to, to us. Um, and, um, so just going back to, knowing that there's so much that's not in our control in this world. And there's so many different movements and, um, sometimes it feels like, you know, who am I to stand in front of this bulldozer type feeling? Um, and I think the answer does always come back to what, you mentioned before, which is holding this love, this deep, deep love and compassion, um, for yourself first and foremost. And through that process of self love, being able to hold it for others. Um, because I realized that it's really about the pain and the suffering, you know, and we have to recognize the pain and the suffering that we're in first before we can hold compassion for pain and suffering and, and others and not just get triggered by it and not just react to it mm -hmm. and not just trying to resist it or to give into it. Um, yeah. And I could go back to our examples too, if we want, so we can talk about the differences now in uh, showing up at the doctor's office and having high blood, uh, sorry, either high blood pressure or high blood sugar. Uh, but just let's say that you're pre-diabetic, um, you know, and you had some high blood sugar. Uh, the first things first is, well, we want to suppress that symptom and we want to give you medication, um, to lower your blood sugar and go about, you know, your daily life. And so, 
um, that is in stark contrast um, to a holistic approach to high blood sugar and how we'd really want to address the root issues of what's causing the high blood sugar. Um, and we'd want to see what are you doing in your life that's leading to having high blood sugar and whether or not once you become conscious of what you're doing in your life, if you want to change it or not. Um, and you know, it comes back to the food and what we're doing in our daily lifestyle in terms of exercise and sleep and, and the foods we eat. So, uh, the nice thing about holistic medicine is once we trace back to the root cause of any symptom, we see that there's um, a lifestyle change that may be called for. And then the support that there are beautiful, nutritious foods um, and plants in terms of herbal formulas that can support the natural processes within the body um, instead of trying to suppress the alarm system within the body or to artificially um, confuse the body into thinking that it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it or just inundating the body with a foreign chemical or substance, you know, and most people are just told to inject themselves with insulin, you know, uh, to just re-lower their, their blood sugar when it gets high. So, um, yeah, there's a beautiful conversation that could be had around the different the, the different uh, paradigms and approaches that occur in these different contexts. Um, yeah. I so appreciate, yeah, the way that, that you hold that. And, you know, I can see um, my own, you know, kind of there's a, there's a fire in me. There's like this mama bear instinct that crops up and, um, just observing like what I spoke and then how you replied around looking at these systems. And, and there's like this, this fierce love that I come into contact with around, um, like, like wanting people to have this sort of information so they know they can have choice because I think so often there's this sense that we have these limitations around our body and how much choice we have when it comes to our our wellness, our vitality, our, our life force being expressed in the world. And um and, and kind of this narrowing that I see happening. And so, you know, just thank you for modeling that compassion and your reply there. And what I want to speak is just a deep honoring of people that are working in Western clinical, you know, medical settings of um, the work that they are doing to care for people. If you're a doctor or nurse, or, you know, if you're like me and you have people in your immediate family, um, and I know Dr. Lenahan does as well, working in a very different way with people, right? Um, I have been in, 
you know, for those who might not know my story, um, I was in a, a near-death experience of a fire and needed to have several skin graft surgeries to um, like patch up my my back that was badly burned. And so, uh, yeah, I just want to, <laughs> um, you know, also hold this conversation with that acknowledgement of like sometimes those ways of working with the body, I think are just miraculous and really important. And also that there are a lot of other possibilities, a lot of other ways to see our body's ability to heal and to see just how powerful we are. And just like we can shift our thought patterns into new spaces of consciousness and create new possibilities in our lives for ourselves and others. We can do that same thing, you know, when it comes to being in relationship with our body and this this deep listening, this reverence for our whole body, you know, including the energetic parts of us, the unseen parts of us. And so, um, yeah, just holding, holding that love, holding that compassion that, um, there, you know, doesn't need to be a judgment around this or even, uh, right or wrong, right? Everyone has their journey and, um, and, you know, with, with our bodies, um, and <laughs> this is definitely a place where I feel a lot of passion for like, like people in chronic pain that just don't know there's another way. So thank you for doing the work you do and, um, and speaking to it in the way that you can, you know, share about it and educate. <laughs> really appreciate it. I'd love to see if along these lines, if there's anything that you would like to share related to this present moment, we're, you know, over a year now into um, this journey with COVID and uh, many months into the new vaccines, uh, new MNRA technology in, in these injections. And so curious to, you know, see if there's anything in this moment that you feel called to share about that, uh, how you're seeing it all. The first thing that comes to mind is the overall, uh, play of life. Um, and the contrasts of life. Um, in Chinese medicine, there's this concept of yin and yang. And um, even within our own life journey, the ups and downs, and the day and the night, and, you know, sadness and grief, and then jubilation and joy. Um, and ultimately, life has evolved on this planet through this pushing and this pulling and um, the, 
yeah, just the diversity and that interplay of back and forth and seeing um, the virome, you know, uh, within the microbiome and how we've co-evolved with so many different microorganisms on this planet. Literally, there are more bacteria <laughs> cells in our body than the 100 trillion cells of our body. Um, and just really understanding the body in a different way of being made up of microorganisms, I think is a really, really cool place to start the conversation and understand that um, there are probably hundreds or thousands of viruses on the body at any given moment. And, um, and when I think of, say, a virus being able to replicate in the body, usually it's because um, the environment within our body is already susceptible. Um, it's already um, toxic. So we, we have a um, compromised part of the body that allows usually what would be just like a a virus that wouldn't have any, that we wouldn't have any issues with to then take up home um, and maybe go a little haywire within the body. Um, that being said though, you know, sickness and health, right, is part of that push and pull. And so when we do get out of balance, you know, we come back into balance and the going back and forth helps the evolution and of life on this planet as well as the evolution of our own personal story, our own life experience. And so <clears throat> say we have a virus that we were stressed out, we didn't eat right, we didn't get enough rest that we needed, and so we got sick. Say we got a common cold or flu. Oh, okay. So that's a sign that we overdid it. We got out of balance and our body's telling us, hey, like, I, I need some love now. I need some rest. I need some really good nourishing soups, some ginger soups, some herbal tonic soups and teas. You know, I need a lot of rest. Um, and we grow from that. We grow from that space like we grow... Um, you know, from winter into spring with the seasons. And that is part of this beautiful play of life that I was talking about earlier and, um, and not trying to resist those things at all because it's actually the way that life has evolved on this planet for millennia's, millennia. Um, that being said, in terms of a holistic health lens, I wouldn't try to um, rely on a drug or a vaccine to um, help my immune system to naturally do its job. What I would do is I would try to support my immune system in doing its job the way it does it. And we know that vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc are 
foundational nutrients that help to boost our immune system. And we also know through the 4,000 to 6,000 years of Chinese herbal medicine that has evolved through pandemics in their history of different plant medicines and herbal formulas that are really, really good at killing viruses or bacteria or fungal or parasites in the body. And so we know we can actually support the immune system to um, develop its own immunity um, with the support that it needs so that if we did have, you know, a compromised immune system or not a fully functioning immune system, we could get through um, the challenges that are presented to us. And that is the ideal, right? That we already uh, live in a society of healthy individuals that are eating right, getting the nutrients they need for optimal immune system, getting the exercise, the rest they need. And if they fell out of balance, there would be extra nutritional support or herbal support that they could take. Um, and they'd, you know, heal up in a day or two or a week and be on their way living their life again. Unfortunately, that paradigm as a baseline for a society does not yet exist. And we have a lot of unhealthy people in our world. Um, and so the treatment and the approach might be different, you know. And I look at it in terms of timeline. You know, the correct treatment is dependent upon the severity and uh, the acuteness or how long they've actually had the disease process take place in their body will determine where you can intervene on that timeline. So, you know, if somebody um, what, had like necrosis in their limbs <laughs> or gangrene, you know, unfortunately, you know, holistic medicine might have been when it first started, put a good herbal plaster on them, get some good nutrients in them, and we probably made have, might have been able to save the limb. But it gets to a certain point when if the whole arm is necrose, we have to chop it off, right, to save, to save the life. And same thing with the chronic autoimmune uh, health issues that plague our society today. Um, we have uh, people who have lived a lifestyle um, where they have compromised immune system and compromised health with comorbidities of cardiovascular disease and hypertension, risk of stroke, all these things, high cholesterol. And so first we're seeing a exacerbated form of illness of like, say when we get the flu or we get any type of external pathogenic attack from our environment, we're seeing more of the population not being able to respond in a healthy way um, and move about their day. 
Um, and we're seeing more people who are more severely affected by these things. Um, and so then the question occurs, it's like, okay, what is the decision that we can make as an individual and a decision that we can make as a society to move forward? And a lot of the response that we get from the world at large, mainstream society is to keep on doing what we have been doing and then just throw more band-aids on the crack pipe, you know, or, you know, keep on eating your cookies and your donuts and then just inject yourself with that insulin or take that drug, right? Um, and so humanity has this moment during post-COVID times to reflect on their health and how disconnected they either are or are not to the natural systems within their body as well as to nature, to the external environment around them. And I truly believe that all of the ills to our body's health can be solved through reconnection to the planet and to the plants um, and to our own selves. Um, I would like to see that route being discussed more so. Um, and then we have the other narrative, which is stay indoors, watch some more TV, stay under the artificial lights, immerse yourself in, you know, EMFs <laughs> and, um, wait for a drug or a vaccine, um, there's, there's no conversation about your body's innate internal power to heal itself and the nutrients um, and support mechanisms that can help our body to thrive naturally and safely. Um, we can go from there in any direction. <laughs> it seems so simple, really, what you're proposing as a possibility and and I would say the conversation is happening about the body's innate <laughs> way of healing it's happening here it's happening I think a lot of places more on the down low um, I've been uh, really struck by the level of censorship on these sorts of conversations of just how many other possibilities there are with things that are so simple, you know, keeping our immune systems strong, supporting our bodies in the ways we know herbs, sunshine, fresh air, bare feet on the earth. <laughs> these are, you know, enough sleep. These are not like new ideas. They're not radical ideas even. They're very simple things. And it's in a way I see it as like when we love ourselves, like when, when love is really inhabiting the body, when we're letting love in, then there's not really another option. Like, like it just naturally occurs. And so I, I love when people want to work on their self-love as their intention in, for, for a session because it's, 
that the getting to the core of that simplicity of what we need. And it's, you know, I think a bit problematic that these suggestions that are here now are free <laughs> for the most part, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I, I, I invest a little bit more than, than a lot of folks do probably on, uh, you know, great supplements and great food each month. Um, but I save a lot by like never having to go to the doctor. Um, so <laughs> there's, uh, you know, an accessibility certainly is an important conversation here, right? I have a lot of privilege, that I have access to what I have access to. And that is something that as a culture, as a world, we could do a much you know, better job at. Um, and I know that's important in your work. That's important for me with my work is like medicine for all and medicine described in this really broad way of like the medicine of watching the breeze through the tree leaves and hearing that soft whisper of the breath of the air and feeling the sunshine coming down as it dances on the skin and that moment of being as what creates health. And that isn't something that can be patented or sold. It is a coming home into the body, into the heart, into an acceptance of deep love for the self, for others, you know, noticing those growth edges as I have here today of where there is judgment and, you know, like, like really holding a new way holding our lights in a new way. So I would love to invite you to, you know, share anything else that you think would be important for people to hear. You know, if someone is listening to this and there's like a lot of new ideas potentially um, or someone might be listening to this and it's really familiar. But either way, we can all use a reminder now and then about how we can care for ourselves. So maybe you could just like share, you know, what you do, kind of the flow of your day, how you take care of yourself to just give a little bit of inspiration for people that are looking to optimize their, uh, their wellness habits. Anything that you can do to bring your awareness back into yourself is ultimately going to create this sense of well-being and wealth within your cells of yourself. And it doesn't matter what modality it is. Ultimately, all healing modalities bring you back into yourself, whether it's yoga, meditation, acupuncture, conscious eating 
savoring the nutrients in every bite, breath work, even seeing it in a sunset or looking up at the stars, or as you said, seeing the wind move through the leaves and listening, coming back to this sense of self deep within is this practice of self-love and compassion where you can hold yourself, you can hear yourself, you can see yourself without judgment, without criticism, without fear or doubt. And you can take a deep breath in and sigh and like breathe into that feeling of serenity and contentment, equanimity. And it's not going to come from anything outside of yourself. Like only we can choose in any moment to give it to ourselves. So that being said, I love waking up and saying what I'm grateful for. <laughs> Um, usually it's my dog Jora and my partner Laura <laughs> first <laughs> and then anything else that's on my mind for that day um, I go into either depending upon how much time I have it can be as short as 5 minutes as long as 20 minutes of a meditation um, I connect to my higher self I connect to the creator of all that is unconditional love and truth. I connect to Mother Earth. I asked for a blessing. I asked for blessings on my day and on my interactions with those who I will meet or help. Um, and just guidance and trust. Um, and I feel like that is a very beautiful way to start each day. Um, and then in terms of healing myself, you know, as a holistic health practitioner and helping a lot of people on their journeys to healing, it's like, well, what do I do, you know? And yeah, sometimes I'm not able to get the treatments that um, I give others uh, on a daily basis. But what I can do is I can connect to um, the elements of nature around me and that is mostly how I am recharging and rejuvenating and restoring and healing my body um, whether that's going for a jog or a run to the beach or going surfing in the ocean or swimming in the ocean or spending time in the forest camping and hugging and connecting with trees and the ground and the birds and the animals around me or creating fire ceremonies and creating beautiful fires intentionally and, you know, praying to the fire and just feeling the fire element and cleansing my doing practices to cleanse my, my energy field. Um, um, that is, I would say what you can do, um, as a way to connect to your, yourself in a deeper way. Uh, incorporating uh, elemental practice 
bringing the element of the water into your life somehow, of the earth, of the trees and the plants, of the flowers, um, of the air through breath work. We did breath work this morning and it was a beautiful way to start our morning. Just can do 10 minutes of breath work. Start your day out with the air element, inviting the prana, the chi, the vital life force energy through the air into your body, into all of your cells. Um, yeah, and inviting the fire element. I always say that if we could look up at the stars or be around campfires or drink fresh spring water from the mountain, we could connect so much more you know, to the elements and feel the healing from them um, versus a modern lifestyle. You know, the only, you know, type of water we drink is usually from a faucet and the only fire we experience is lighting from the bulbs, the artificial lighting and from the TV and the computer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so somehow just realizing um, like where you can connect in deeper with any element in your life, I think is a really great start. And again, starting with that, that cultivation of coming back to yourself, coming back to yourself, because so much of the world is asking you to not be in your body and to externalize and to bring your awareness and focus it outside of your body focus it out there, focus it on the TV, focus it on the shiny car or, you know, the pretty girl or focus it on this or that for fulfillment. But ultimately the fulfillment comes from within when you bring that internal awareness and focus within yourself. Um, and I would say that fits in nicely with being a conscious leader as well, right? Mm -hmm. It's that same process in a way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Dropping deep wisdom. <laughs> Dr. Lenahan. there you go. I think that's pretty much all anyone needs to know what you just said right there. Um, playing with the elements in their uh, raw, raw form and <laughs> their wild form, coming back to our wild roots. And there's a million... Uh, conversations that I can feel we could have from here. I would love to drop in with you. Just have an episode about water down the road <laughs> would be so nice. Um, but I think for this moment, let's uh, just invite that to sink in, to simmer. If you're receiving this transmission, these ideas, just taking a nice breath or two here to let that all land in your body, receiving that amazing breath that we are so blessed to have. And I want to really thank you for your time, for your presence, for your healing gift, uh, gifts in the world the way that you embody conscious leadership is so inspiring to me and i especially want to thank you for your childlike playful joyful 
full of wonder uh, quality that you embody that helps me remember and connect with those parts of myself more often. And I just feel so blessed to have you in my life to really call you my doctor. I don't have any other doctor in my life in the way that you have helped my body. So my deep gratitude and uh, deep gratitude to what is unfolding here with um, people coming into more empowerment around their health and their vital uh, vital life force in the world through this exploration of conscious leadership. So thank you, thank you so much for being here today. Mm, thank you, Arya, for having me today um, on this podcast. Um, and I appreciate your presence and and the artistry that you bring to the table um, throughout your life and throughout our friendship. And I am honored to to have been able to share a little bit of um, my life experience in the holistic health uh, paradigm. Um, and I hope that it piques your curiosity to um, delve into it a little bit more. Um, so, um, thank you, uh, for being open to listening to the words that I had to speak today. And, um, I look forward to seeing you all or talking to you all again. <laughs> thank you. And as we come into close here, how can folks find you? I'd love for you to share your website. If people are in the San Diego area, obviously they could come and receive amazing uh, array of different sessions that you offer. So share a little bit about that for folks that want to connect uh, deeper with you. You can find me uh, on my website at acushaman.com. That's A-C-U shaman s-h-a-m-a-n dot com um you could keep in touch there um also you can follow me on instagram at AccuShaman. um and my clinic uh office is in north pacific beach san diego um and i also offer uh holistic healing yourself programs um, where we will go on a three-week journey and delve deeper into this paradigm of holistic health from all different areas of um, topics around health, exercise, uh, diet, meditation, yoga, creativity, reflection, all the ways in which we could bring together um, this type of beautiful awareness to all different parts of our life, all different aspects of it, and see where it goes from there. So for ultimate healing and rejuvenation. Um, so yeah, if you're ever in the San Diego area too, um, you could come to one of my yoga classes. Uh, I teach at Trilogy Sanctuary in San Diego, as well as a yoga studio called Taito Yoga. So maybe I'll see you in person there. <laughs> Thank you.